Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hello, my name is Sam Davis. I would like to have a design for a six-bedroom bungalow, all suite with two living rooms, foil, master suite, playroom, kitchen, kitchenette, laundry room, and double garage, and would like to have access from the living room from the garage and also have a link with the master bedroom. If there's anything that can suit my taste, which I am yet to include, missing an E by the way, please advise. I hope you do accept credit cards as a means of payment for the drawing and planning designs. And I would appreciate it if you can get back to me with a full estimate of yours, Mr. Sam Davis. So do you want me to respond? (laughs) Hold on. You're driving. I'm driving. You're at a stoplight. Yep. You get that text message. Ooh. Here's a question. Did you mean to read foyer? And, or was it spelled foil? Foil. foil. Gotcha. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Welcome to Inside the Firm. <laughs> Welcome to Inside the Firm. <laughs> Happy Friday. <laughs> so you got me. I really want to respond. Like, hey, great great to meet you. Uh, I mean, you know, glad you texted me. Do you have a site? Um, if you have a site, um, okay, let me could go. I meet you at your site? Or would you like to come into our office? I don't know. Normal stuff. Normal stuff like that. That's what you would say. Yeah. First, you, you, you got a you got a scratch on your neck. You've been fighting with your kids. My kids wife, my wife found it. Too. I think I, I literally, I honestly, she was like, "What happened to you?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know. I guess uh, I have a scratch." Yeah. <laughs> my wife does that every couple of months. She'll like look at my. She's like, "What is this?" Yeah. It'll be some scratch. I'm like, "I have no uh, idea." Bruising too. Yeah. Sometimes I get like, because I bruise like a peach. Cause I'm just <laughs> my, I don't know. I run into things. Apparently. Yeah, apparently, our wives are know more about our bodies than we do. Yeah. It's awesome. So, <laughs> okay. Do you want to tell people what this is? <laughs> or I, Let me just, let's go a little bit further, okay? Okay. So, I responded, hi, Sam. How did you find our firm? And then here's where it started to get legitimate. Uh. Thumbtack. Ooh, we get a lot from Thumbtack. Sorry, I'm texting you. I'm hearing impaired and have, and I've been advice to stay off phone calls for two weeks. Can I text the info on here? I said, yes. I said, sure. We can text. Do you have a parcel of land purchase? Here's where it got even more real. Ah, and this is why I think it's important to I, tell people, okay. inform people. This, this is like a plus. This is like a. This is the negative side of internet marketing. Okay. Yeah. For as an architect, or as any, anybody, it doesn't matter so if you're yeah. a small business owner. Hi, my home address is. Blah 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 blah. It's, it's in Massachusetts, and I own a lot to build. Here's the address. In Colorado Springs, how many square feet, you know, he lists how many square feet of the lot. I mean, it's just like all of these details. I want it to be a single story. I budgeted 500000 I wish to start on X amount of day. And then he repeats everything about what he so, wants in the house, even more detail. So this is stuff, it's looking legit. Absolutely legit. Absolutely legit. So then I, so then he goes on a little bit further, you know, talks about, you know, he needs some advice again and all this other stuff. Sounds Legit. Are there some spelling errors? Sure, but honestly, I, you've seen how I text. I text so fast. Yep. That I always have. I almost always have spelling errors. And and I do just by default. But then also, I don't know. Nah. I was gonna say if you're deaf, does that somehow contribute to spelling errors? Probably not. But well, maybe. Well, let's just let's just try to like have some empathy. You know, for that for this sure. possible person. That's, that's, that's where I was going. Like, yeah, benefit like, of the doubt. Oh, maybe they got into a car accident. And like, mm. like, oh, they're kind of just not all there. You know, that just poor person. Got to sure. help them. I don't know. So I go. Just got all their mining and Bitcoin and ready to spend it. <laughs> <laughs> We're so not. Actually, it's about, gone. And <laughs> it's gone. We're not talking about Bitcoin today. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so then I said, Sam, all sounds good. I would be happy to get to put together a proposal for, uh, proposal for you tomorrow. What is your what is your email address? And he goes, okay, good. Gives me his email address. And again, you know, this is me going, okay, just trying to trying to believe that this is and real. You found the site. 
online. This is yeah, and, on the line. Yep, yeah. So I said, you know, I, then I clarified the email address, whatever. So then that, that kind of ended that. So then in the so then, so then I said, uh, <clears throat> this is so then the next day I, I didn't have time to put together a proposal that day, so I go okay, I'm gonna vet this a little bit, see if this is real. Looked up Sam Davis. Looked up the original address that he gave me, where he says he's living. All checked out. You, this guy, this guy is, is Mr. Sam Davis. is seventy two years old. So he gave me an address. He's like, "Hey, this is where I'm living right now in Massachusetts." Yep. And the name, I looked up the record and everything. I was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, okay. GIS. You can look up owner information, right? Well, just MLS, just the public ML, MLS. Oh, there you yeah. Go. Plus, my wife is a realtor. She comes into play in this story a little bit, a little bit later, honestly. <laughs> and then, so then, then I looked up the address in Colorado Springs. Sure enough, it's a blank lot. It's got the exact square footage that he said, blank, like a bare yeah. lot, empty lot. It all checks out. I'm convinced this is a real person. Dude, I, I was, think so. I was so I'm, I was so convinced that then I said, "All right, those two checked out. I'm gonna spend 15 minutes putting together a proposal, which that's all it takes me because I spent so much time up front. You know, as everybody knows, who's listening to the first yep. couple episodes of this this uh, season." So then I emailed him and said, hey, good morning, Sam. I just emailed you a proposal. Takes his time, maybe a half hour later. Thank you for your reply. I got your proposal. I would really want you to I would really want you to, to see this job for me. I would like to proceed with this job as soon as possible. I have stated I am presently out of state on a business trip. He said he was in Brazil. Yeah. Here's where it starts to get tricky, okay? Yeah. To have a meeting with you is not a problem, but I will be needing a little favor from you because I am having a little issue with the surveyor. As I have only paid him 85% before I left the state. So at this point, I will send you my credit card details for you to charge through the sum of $3,000 as part payment deposit in order for you to have the survey of the property and start working on the project prior to my return. And then he keeps going on about like this assistance. And then he's going to, he's like, I will need you to, I will need you to charge an additional six, 6,150 from my card whatever and then like five percent credit on top of that and like a hundred dollars for my stress i hope you understand and i go i don't understand our contract states a deposit for x can you can you text me the name and number of your surveyor i would love to have a phone call with them okay let me ask him if it's a good if it's good to give out his number and i go hmm this is me actually saying this this seems suspicious if he's a real businessman there should be a problem. There shouldn't be a problem. This seems a little scammy. Him. What do you mean by this? I'm making a deposit so you can have me fully listed on your business schedule. Doesn't that sound but, silly? But, but, <laughs> fully listed on your business time schedule. Time out. Um, I want to give the benefit of the doubt here Still? because because what if this person is just mentally not? That's what I'm saying. There, but but I think you went. Um, one. Well, <laughs> at first I was going to give him the, you know, like not say scammy, but how does he expect you to get the money to this guy if you can't contact the guy? Is that where you're, you just, know what I mean? Like, so, oh, so I'm going to take out this money and then who am I going to give it to if I can't give him a phone call at least and say, meet me at my office or whatever. <laughs> what do you mean by this? I'm making a deposit so you can have me fully listed in your business schedule. So when I'm back, I can meet with you and discuss. There's no problem. Me. Okay then, please message me the name. I'm still honestly giving this guy the doubt the sure credit. Okay, Let's call the survey. Okay, then please message me the name and number of your surveyor. Shouldn't be a problem to pass this information on if he's running a reputable business. So the reason why I said that is because I I was thinking okay maybe yes still benefit of the doubt maybe this person is just older and maybe they want us to have more of a more of a like a more of a management role in the whole in the whole project. Sure, I would love. Crazy people have money. Crazy people have money. So I need to talk to the surveyor to understand, is this person real? A, B, okay, are they crazy? Like, what have they been like to work with? Yeah. You know? And there's a bigger point I'm making with this whole thing. Okay. Okay. With this bit. (laughs) (laughs) Him. Hello. You you here? I just repeated myself. Please give the name and number of your surveyor. Let me know when contact him. Let me know. Me. I need his name and number from you in order to contact him. Please pass on that information so I can give him a call. Gives me a number. Then he says, dot, 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 Mr. Adams. And I go, what is the name of Mr. Adams surveying company in Colorado? Not in Colorado. Just call him. Told him already you want to call for confirmation. Then I go, oh, okay. 
what is the name of his company wherever he is located? Then he goes, you can call him and ask. I see no reason you're stressing about this. He says that? Yeah. We're almost done. Okay. Okay. So then, and my wife comes into play here in a little bit. So then I said, I see no reason why you can't give me the name of the company. It's a simple request. We'd like to vet client surveyors. Please provide the name of, the, of his company. You said your name is Sam. And then, so then, you know, there's silence. So I call my wife and I go, hey, I just emailed you an address down in Colorado Springs. My wife is a realtor. And I said, can you please look up who owns the property and the history of the transactions? Yep. Sure. So my wife looks it up, call, my wife looks it up, emails me back in like 30 seconds because that's yeah. how awesome she is. Turns out, turns out the name of it is, well, do you want to give out the name? It, I mean, no, 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 yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. So it's a, it is a, it is a foreign sounding name that is like uh, Asian related, right? I actually looked up the person who owns the property. They're like kind of a semi-famous author. Hilarious. Oh, okay. So then I go, your name is Sam Davis, correct? And he goes, Yes. And I go strange. That is not who's. On, that's not who is on the prop records as the as the owner of the property. And then I and then I I tried to contact one more time just to see if I could get a response. Good morning, Mr. Davis. Can I have the name of your surveyor's company? Did and you call? I, Did you call that? I no. I haven't called anybody. Oh, I think you should <laughs> right now. No, I don't know. We might cut it. It might not be. Yeah, do it. We'll do it. Maybe when we're driving to lunch or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think you should call it and just see. <laughs> what do you think of that? Isn't that the what? crazy? Like, holy cow, that's a lot. For, I mean, it, I'll either, give him some either, credit. Either the, guy, either the guy, interaction is very weird for him. Very, just extremely weird. May, um, I don't know. Maybe he has Asperger's or something. I, right, I have right. no idea. Exactly. Exactly. And my wife goes, I, I, so I read the whole thing to my wife too, and she goes, why are you wasting your time? I'm like, honey... Did you, no, time out. Can I answer that? <laughs> my name is Lance Cyclo. I am married to you. You should know I waste a lot of my times going down rabbit holes. <laughs> Have you seen me on Facebook? <laughs> and then, and just excuse me. Do you know who I am? Do you even know who I am, honey? That's exactly what I said. I go, honey, I'm trolling millions of people daily, and you don't expect me to troll one guy back if he's yeah. trolling me? Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> uh, I hope next week... <clears throat> Turns out this is a legitimate guy. He just needed some help. We're here to help him out. So, Sorry for the confusion. So my bigger point with this was, I just make sure, no matter, I mean, give people the benefit of the doubt, but uh, just, God, check one thing. <laughs> just check some, like, somehow you need, you also got to vet your clients. I think you have to look for warning signs uh, you know, if they just seem a little bit off, if they're real clients, well, I'll, because I'll, you're getting into a little marriage. Like I can't state that enough, right? And the three how the three custom houses that I got at the last end, the end of the end of last year, the last quarter, two of them were almost one of them were done with. Yep. Another one we're almost done with, and the other one we're still in schematic design phases, and I completely regret where where that's going here's the other thing which people might not pick up on right away or they might hey what's the harm in taking a credit card number and trying to charge it well guess what's going to happen that's not going to work and then all of a sudden they're going to say hey give me your bank account money i'll uh, a bank account actually number. do you know oh. what i think you know what i think it what? is i think they're getting us to scam somebody else with a stolen credit card number i think that's what they get they get it to happen oh and then you send it to adam in West Virginia. Yeah. But you ran the illegal credit card number. Yep. And so we still get money. Yeah. But now all of a sudden we're accomplished. And the then scam. all of a sudden Wells Fargo or Visa comes and says, hey, what is this about? And you're like, what? That could also be. It could also be. Another another situation. Just meet your clients, number one. <laughs> it, it, it's it's du double scam at F9. Fake listing for fake site for a... Um, for an apartment. This has happened to two people that oh, we know. Two, two of our employees. Good and Lord. Like, what happens just insane. Is, Every time. I'm like, what? How, how is this happening again? But what's what's crazy about it is that they're real locations that you can physically drive by. They won't let you see the interior because someone's in there. They'll take pictures from that listing that you can get on any places. Um, we almost had this in New York happen too. But the thing is, oh my God, how yeah. they're getting sophisticated. The, we, the one we knew in New York is because it was too good of a deal. The ones that they're doing now in Longmont, Boulder, everywhere are essentially, hey, here's a one-bedroom apartment for 825 bucks. It's in this great neighborhood. And you're like, 
oh, it should probably be like 900 or a thousand bucks, but it's only 800. I'm really excited, but that's a realistic number. Like that 875 is, I, I could see how someone might do it for that. Dude, and, and they, they want to jump on it and other people are interested. It's there's but a total scam. Okay, for, so what it boils down send to. Me, send me your check. Don't trust me. It's trust a great me. There's hands. always this trust me. I just can't, I mean, I can and I cannot believe like, so the length that that person went to, I know to find two addresses, the first name checked out. I mean, I, you can see, I, but they might I, be doing this to architecture firm after architecture firm at just going down the list. Um, I wonder if any of my, our listeners have a similar thing with similar addresses, similar names. If you, because do, that if would you be do, efficient for him. Go, go to inside the firm podcast.com. Yep. Click the little record button and tell us your story. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. You, we'll little... keep you anonymous if that's what it takes. I don't care. That, because honestly, those kind of stories are like curveballs that keep me alive. I'm <laughs> 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 They just like, how entertaining was I? I entertained myself for a good solid hour in the last two days about just like that. Good. I read good. it to you. I read it to all the guys. Read it to the wife. I read it to my wife. It's crazy. And I read it to everybody on here. So just be aware. I guess that's the lesson. It's it's just weird stuff that's gonna happen in business. Yeah, I mean, really weird. That's a like what what a weird thing. Yep. So I have some new stuff that happened at the firm. Okay. Uh, I don't think you've done a. Have you done a post tension slab? Not in my life. Okay. So me neither. And you'd say you're probably like, how have you not done this, Al? You're so great at architecture. I, <laughs> discipline equals freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to tell you some of the stuff I learned. I was going to ask you, you know, what you know about it, but it, it doesn't matter because some people might not know anything, so might as well go through it, right? So you're familiar with your regular stem foundation wall and then your footer. Yep. Okay. With the post tension, you get rid of the footer, right? And then basically every the whole thing is connected, the floor and then the foundation wall. Now, foundation wall now widens to about a foot rather than about eight inches. But the problem I was having, and I didn't know how to do is, we're doing these townhomes, and they're at different levels. You know, they're eight inches or a foot, not maybe a foot, six inches, four inches apart. So the engineer did not succeed in talking them out of this? No. Okay. And the builder doesn't want to do this either. The builder's like, this is mm, dumb. But you guys are doing it. But we're doing it. Hmm. But we're doing it. So... Essentially, what's we are trying to figure out how do we run these post tension if they step, if if they step in elevation. Yep, yeah. in elevation, right? Yep. How do we run these strands? You know, these wires through carefully. And what happens? I don't know if you know this, but basically, let's say you have five units and they all step. You do it in two pours, so you break it up so you have two units that you'll pour and then three units that you'll pour. Okay. Right. Doesn't matter which side you pick. Right. So let's say you. Um, there's a left side, which is your end, and then a right side. So you're going to pour three of them. So now you have an open side on, on both, right? Yeah. So on the post-tension, one is going to be securely anchored, the point in the center, right? And you can run these strands through, and you can bend them oh. down. And why that made sense once I saw it was, oh, yeah, the concrete's going to cure, and you're going to post-tension it. So then the then side you pull it, yeah. on the outside, yeah. you'll tighten it. Then you, you pull it, yeah. Yep. And then you'll go, then you'll lay the other side, you know, the two units, or you could probably do three. And then that side in the center is secure. You run your strands through, do the, do the same thing. What's also weird too is uh, oh, I can understand how maybe that doesn't cost too much more because you might already be putting rebar and all that stuff. Doing pouring twice probably costs more, but they have these ribs in them. So instead of spanning this whole distance, you know, like this 20 feet or this 24 foot, every about 12 foot, you put a, another rib, another one foot rib. So the amount of concrete you're using in this is insane. Are, are you so, are you sold on this crap? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Why, why, why are they doing it? Geo. Geotech says. That's why. So if you look at a floor plan, right? If we have a garage in back, it's about 24 foot. You got a 12 to 16 foot in the front. You'd run... You know, you might have a foundation wall is, is the in soil between that the garage. Hot? Is that why? Must be. Huh. Must be. So you have your foundation wall breaking it, right? But then you run a rib down the center, and then you run another rib in the garage. Seems, this all seems... All a foot thick. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So you're excited about this. I'm excited that I'm not drawing it. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's other people drawing it. Uh, interesting. Huh. Well, I wish you guys would have won that battle because it seems that seems phony to me. I don't know. I like. I don't know. If, uh, whatever. Yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, moving forward. Moving forward. I. You know what? My wife went to Trader Joe's this week. Good. And it was awesome because they have good food. But what was really cool is she goes. She was like, I don't understand how they have, and I've never understood this either. How do they have such uh, good produce, quality produce that's gen- it's organic, typically like all natural and stuff, for these insanely cheap prices? So she asks a, and why this relates because I want to see if there's anything with that that Trader Joe's does with their business model that we can bring into ours. Okay. Yes. I'm going to surprise you. I'm going to read you off ten different things that they do. Holy uh, cow! Via C- take notes via CBS News. Yeah. Are these like the ten things that now they can bring down their price prices and and. Yep. All right. Yep, exactly. Uh, so the, the article is tar- titled 10 Secrets to Trader Joe's Success. Uh, it's, a, it's an old article, but it doesn't matter because clearly it's all panned out. Yep. Uh, so you'll, you'll link to this, right? Yep. What, uh, what year? 14? 2010. Oh, stone ages. Literally. Yeah. Barely had smartphones. Probably had like the iPhone 4 at that yeah. point. Not even. Just the iPhone. <laughs> Two? Can't imagine. Okay. <clears throat> so number one. Customers want fewer choices? Question mark. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Contrary to the long-standing grocery store dogma, TJ's stores are smaller and the choices are fewer, but consumers are happier. Get this. This, this is a statistic that'll blow you away. And this this relates to Whole Foods, right? Because they're gonna go head to head with Whole Foods now. Yeah. Uh, not that they haven't been. On on average, TJ Trader Joe's sells less than one tenth, one tenth the number of SKUs. You know, product SKUs. SKUs. Um, but achieves twice the revenue per square foot versus Whole Foods. Brilliant, brilliant. Why? Why I love this first point. I, I need to. I need to be interjecting now. Yeah. Um, no. No. I want you to. Because there's study when when the the books I read, study after study, is that you do need to reduce choices, and that will make people choose faster, right? Why people I think are so scared of that is when I go from a, one grocery store, I get used to it, and I go to another, and they don't have what I want, then people customers complain like why don't you have this brand why don't you have this brand but once you settle in in a neighborhood like my neighborhood i'm only going to go to the store that i can literally walk to so i'll get used to those brands i won't care right i'll be mad at the other stores when they don't have whatever is there so brilliant and good for them for sticking to that good for them so i have a question for you uh, about that number one point you desperately want to redo the website don't you think the website already does that it just reduces it's so spare yeah, I I have I, I would I would just rethink it. Just consider it. This summer, I'll come up with a concept that I think will be very clean. That I'll run by you, but okay. it's not. Yeah, okay. I'm not itching. I got I got stuff to do. Yes, you that. do. Yes, yeah. you do. Okay, uh, number two: economies of scale. Scale. Low prices for high quality products. Uh, amazingly, Trader Joe's offers high quality products at rock bottom prices. How does it do that? Scale. Since it carries fewer products, its volumes are higher, giving it mm. bargaining power when negotiating with coveted suppliers. How smart nice. is that? Like, these are like fundamental. Um, it just makes total sense. Uh, like, oh, yeah, now we got more shelf room. So, yep. hey, hey, grower who, who's growing beets, yep. Al Gore. We, instead of like 10,000, we're going to order 100,000. What do you think? Then we yep. get a lower price. What do you think and we do that? The, the other store, which also sells your beets, they're only ordering 1,000 because they have so many different products. Oh, Trader Joe's, I'll give them a discount because they're ordering 10 times more. And, this, 10 times and this, is one, this is one that I think we already do is because we are volume-based. Ah, yes. And so we say we'll do, we'll do you know, we, we're obviously our, we scale our services with it too. So we, do, we don't do like, we're not picking out light fixtures. Right. You know, we're not picking out the tile. That, somebody else can do that. We are just giving you the architecture, the structure, the bones, Yep, and we are relying on you know the client a little bit more to do their to do their thing, but like that's our niche, and I think where we at least do that one right. Huh. So, unlike our our best friend, Eric, um, Eric, I mean Nick. What you're saying is by us, and he has such a successful firm. I don't even want to contrast us with him. <laughs> Honestly, I he has great stuff. By us not caring about like the trim so much then we can it's a different yeah it's a different because that takes up 
that would take up our time. Exactly. And all that other yep. stuff. Yep. So we at least we do that. That's one thing I think we do that's that's comparable to them. Yeah. You know. So number three, the death of branding. Not at Trader Joe's. Eighty percent of Trader Joe's stock bears the company's brand. Companies tr- companies trust the brand, which is one of the ways the company gets away with having fewer choices. Hmm. So how do they wrangle their people? I don't understand that. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Cause have you seen? Have you seen it? I've seen like all their bottles of wine and stuff like that. Trader yeah. Joe's. Well, in New York it used to go. So. Yeah, I don't have any. What, what are you looking? I'm for just there? trying to think. Of, no, 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 I'm just making a comment. Uh, secrecy. Some think Trader Joe's secretiveness comes from Germany's Albrecht family, which owns the chain, but that's not the case. Trader Joe's is, is secretive because it doesn't want anyone to know who's making its products. So they, so yeah, right. So that's how they that's how they're able to put on their brand. Like they must have like this. What an interesting thing. So they said like, okay, we're gonna buy all this wine from let's say who knows like uh, DiGiorno's wine in Italy, yeah. right? And they're like, hey, but we're not gonna put your brand on it. We're going to put our, it's private label. So, but maybe this is secret to other people, but it's not secret to to me and it shouldn't be secret to you. So let's say they sell cat food. I have no idea, (laughs) right? You, there's only four big plants that make cat food. Everyone makes their cat food through there. So you just call up the plant and say, Hey, don't put, you know, whatever brand cat food on this, come up with a formula. We'll make sure, maybe they make sure that it's good with the Trader Joe's organic and we're putting ours on like it. That's not secret. A whole, lots of companies do that. Maybe that. Maybe in 2010 that was secret, and other companies weren't doing that because you can get Safeway brands. You know what I mean? Like you go to Safeway or whatever. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Here's one that relates to us, okay? But but they're not telling you like we make this in Michigan at this point. Is that what they're getting? At? I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of this. What they've done is they've made generic branding like hip. Don't you feel that yes. they've done that? They've hippified. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. They get the generic whatever and they just stick their Trader Joe's on it. All right. But again, probably have good standards. How do we, how can we do that? Here, here. So the last two points, Ooh, the last, I know two and a half points or whatever, the death of branding and then the take and then uh, the secrecy. So both of them actually the last two points. How do we, how can we sh- like, Oh, here's F9 brand. Like I, it's I know. an F9 thing. I know. I know. I know. What? Find the best consultants. We already know some of them. Like, I could write. It doesn't matter. Eric, my brain is with, with Eric because I just talked to him off the phone. You know who he is. Yeah. Um, F9 MEP. F9 Structural. F9 this. And they are doing all the work. All the good consultants that we know. F9 Civil. Oh, that's So it's our brand. They're doing the work. That's in, so when you you would market that to a client in that way you would say like look this is an F nine MEP yeah mm. this is F nine civil I don't know then if that's counterintuitive to reducing but maybe it's reducing because we only have one civil one MEP one you know whatever so you could get the F nine package and you could get them all and what's weird is that literally we're just taking the guys we'd use anyways and just calling them F9. rebranding exactly exactly there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, number five, take care of employees. But then we run a lot of risks. I mean, it's different than selling a, a, a bag of chips first. <laughs> oh, because we umbrella everybody? Yeah. Yeah. Number five, take care of employees. Store managers can make in the low six figures while full-time employees start out at about half that. Not bad for retail. Plus, TJ's contributes 15.4% of employees' salaries to tax-deferred retirement accounts. What? Oh, they contribute. So, like, they will take. So, let's say you make fifty grand, hundred grand. They yep. will. They will. They will be like, okay, we're also going to throw in another fifteen thousand four hundred. Yeah. Well, that's pretty generous. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, number six, an in-store experience that hails to an earlier, happier time. Uh, an employee knows the whole store, and instead of telling you where an item is, it will literally guide you there. They'll offer a basket or cart. I don't know how we do that. I don't know how we can translate that into there. In-store experience. I have one idea. Has, okay. It's called the red phone. So I want to eliminate concerns. Um, I have one contractor that every time he calls me, I'm literally in my car. I, I don't know how it happens. Uh-huh. Every time he calls me, I'm in my car somewhere. And, and I, I have to wait till I get back to the office. <laughs> so what if we say, hey, it's, it, it's uh, um, I don't know what, what we branded, but like get, 
a hold of us anytime during working hours, you call this phone, someone will be there and be able to answer it. You know mm. what I mean? And 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 there's problem there's, hotline. There's two things. One, you know, they they could say um, if they're just asking for a dimension. Oh, what project is it? Open it up, find a dimension. Good to go. Okay, thanks. Bye. That's it. Or let me understand what you're talking about, open it up, and then I'll ask Al or Lance or whatever. Or let's say someone's manning the, the hotline, meaning it's just their day to, you know, kind of sit there. And it's something another person, you know, has been working on it. And we might not even need to be contacted. Oh, it looks like this person, you know, Nate was on it. Let me hand you the phone to Nate. So. I like that. I like that. You're, just, you're branding. Here's how we're going to solve your you're problem. You're branding a, a problem that they have. A solution. A for solution. Their problem. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Okay. Okay. Don't. No, no one else take that idea. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just erase that from your memory. Yeah. Uh, don't follow trends. Start them. This is number seven. Uh, Trader Joe's was a, was offering healthy foods before most consumers knew what organic meant. They had the largest offering of California wines before anyone, and I mean anyone thought they were worth a damn. Same goes for microbrewed beers. If you want to see what grocery stores will be selling tomorrow, go to Trader Joe's today. Here's another thing. They have, every time I've heard of Trader Joe's, everyone says two buck chuck. Have you two, two, two buck what? Two buck chuck. This is the wine, right? Yes. So if you want some wine, you can go to Trader Joe's. I'm sure it's still true, but in that was a big deal in New York. You can get a whole bottle of wine for two bucks, right? So it's something that, a lot of people like, even if you don't like wine, when, when you're poor in like, you know, in college, you think, holy cow, beer, a case of beer is, you know, 12, 14 bucks. I could get two bucks, Chuck, and I'll drink wine if it's going to change. Sure. It'll save me 10, 12 bucks. Is there anything in the architectural profession that we can be known for? Like, oh, you need this? It's two bucks. And we kind of do this with one of our uh, big people that we lay out plans. Hey, got a plan? Send it to us. It's Five, I'm making this up, 500 bucks. So, okay, if we do that with one person, is there anything else we can offer as basically a product or a service? Hey, you need a um, conceptual design, you need a layout, you need something, it's gonna cost you a thousand bucks. Well, I was Two gonna- buck chuck. I was, thousand buck chuck. <laughs> thousand buck chuck. No, that's interesting. Exactly. This is, this, is, this is where I'm going with this is where I'm going with this discussion is, hmm, okay, yeah. can we just start thinking about, it, they're super successful. Like, can't, isn't there something we can pull over? And then you're known for it because, I, because let's say, a de- I know developers talk to each other. They're like, yeah, I got this land. I don't know what, if, it, if, if my idea can fit. I'll call off nine, thousand bucks. Two buck, they don't even want to pay that. Two buck heaven. concept or something like that. Yeah. So you're just doing like, well, trying to get your foot in the door, right? With these big developers. And known, like known, it sticks in their head. You need this done. Just call these guys. Call they these do guys. it every time yep. for this. They crush it. Yep. Hmm. Two buck crush. Uh, number eight, know your consumer and put your stores where they are. Um, TJ's isn't all things to all people. It knows its customer and maintains a laser-like focus on predicting and meeting their ever-changing needs. That includes knowing where to locate stores and paying attention to demographics like education and food and cooking magazine subscriptions. I, 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 that, that one kind of throws me for a loop because we, if we, we do a lot, a lot of our marketing is on the internet and I have been able to convince people doesn't matter where, where we're located. You know, we, we've kind of taken the opposite approach yeah. to that and said, we could work from Mars. Doesn't matter. Yeah. We're here. We're here to serve you. So I don't, I don't know if that one applies. Well, I think the other thing that know your customer too, I think it was like a two part thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, number nine, keep logistics simple. Fewer items means <sighs> simplified distribution, stocking and everything. And TJ's always seeks to cut the middleman by buying directly from manufacturers and shipping directly to its distribution centers. It even sells fresh produce by unit instead of weight to simplify the checkout process. Uh, I think we, I think we've done that with hopefully with the, the new contract and the way it's laid out. Just keep it simple, stupid. Don't you think that this is so profound though, that this shouldn't just be a one podcast. One idea is that somehow it should almost be a folder and it should be in there. 
and you could copy and paste and we could write down ideas and, and somehow maybe this summer with the new website, we come up with a two buck chuck, like let's keep it permanent. Maybe it's an admin, maybe, but, but I almost want to put it in well, current maybe, projects because our guys have great ideas too. Maybe we talk about this at lunch. Yeah. Yeah. F9 lunch. Yeah. Last one. I love this. If it isn't broke, don't fix it. Founder Joel Columbun, uh, column, Colu- Columba sold the 43-year-old chain to Theo Albrecht in 1979, but the Albrecht stayed completely out of the business, only visiting once a year to check out a family investment. Trader Joe's has always run itself. Moreover, TJ's is entirely self-funded with no debt. I can't stress that enough. Good Lord, cash is king. I don't know what the timeline would be, but it's it could almost be a goal. Five years, 10 years. Lance now pay off everything. We have structure in place. We have a clear vision with clear guides, with clear rules. Like this. Like this. Exactly. It, maybe the, we need, this is kind of the framework that yep. you set up for, hey, when you guys go expand, and you yep. do, do the satellite office. Here's the 10 rules. Walk in the door. Everybody knows the 10, not the 10 rules, but the 10 um, principles. Principles. Yep. Yep. But kind of figure it out. And if you find good people, I don't think they want you looking over their back and being able to, to walk away. You know, right. Like, here you go. I don't like Look. looking over the back at all. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Makes me nervous. Sweet. All right, there you go. Trader Joe's. We'll link to that article. Uh, read it. Uh, maybe there's something you could take out of it and apply it to your business and come up with a cool idea because those guys are super successful. And they do it so simply. That's what I love about it. Again, I got to yeah. go back all the way back to the beginning of this. The beautiful thing about it was it was just so simple. It was, And it was cost effective too. Yep. They figured it out. Amazon, Amazon's got their work cut out for them. Yep, with the Whole Foods. And and honestly, we we still haven't followed some basic advice because we have an outstanding loan on some equipment. We have an outstanding loan on some land. But once once we get all those paid off, then I think let's implement the rule. Everything's with cash now. Everything's with cash. Everything's with cash. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Don't lose sight of it. Okay. Uh, I think it's bestie time. Bestie time. Let's hear them. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Slow business growth. Take the long view. We live in the age of the instant billionaire. While a handful of young Silicon Valley entrepreneurs have burst onto the scene with spectacular multi-billion dollar buyouts and public offerings that shock us. They are the exception. Building a successful service firm is a slow and steady journey. It requires taking the long-term view. Hour by hour. When you boil it down, service firms sell hours. You might bundle them up or break them out for your clients on their invoice. But in the end, you measure your return on the number of hours you can profitably bill. The key to expanding? is to grow the numbers of billable hours. Our Gensler and his 50 principles. Lance, oh, lucky day. The kumquats are blossoming. Toodles. Kumquats. <laughs> so, well, what I took from that was <laughs> while we're looking towards the future, exactly what you just brought up with uh, Trader Joe's, and you're trying to make a strategy and do all that stuff, I think that it's worth reminding everyone that also your day-to-day operation is billable hours, how you can improve them. You know, you can bundle them into package or stuff like that. And how you improve them is by doing great quality. And then if you do great quality for a client, then it compounds, right? Because then they probably rehire you and then tell you, uh, you know, tell your services to, to their other friends. So I think there's, I think there's two different ways of, of marketing and growing a business. And it's keeping your eye on the ball, just grinding billable hours, and then talking about exactly what we're talking about with Trader Joe's. Don't lose track of the hour. Yeah. How precious is that? Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think that's one of our fundamental principles if, if we do our own Trader Joe's rules is we track time. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I, I, we've brought this up before on a, on a previous episode. Of, yeah. Uh, there was another a previous employee who owned his own little business. 
and we said, well, how did you keep track of your time? And you're like, I didn't. Yeah. What? We've had a timer on each of us since day one to try to figure it out. And maybe it relates to how they don't uh, sell by weight. They sell by produce. Like we put that in your head. You're selling by hour. Right. And then the efficiency of, okay, you have, oh yeah. Hours. Cause they're selling by unit. Exactly. Yep. And then the employees should be at a 90% bill rate, something like that. So, you know, somehow instill that, talk about that and have that be in everyone's mind of how clear it is. Like this is how the a service firm is, is run, you know, mm-hmm. there you go. So. Sweet. Uh, what do we got next now? We have, we have, we have the firm doing ARE Jeopardy. So here we go. Okay, so here we go. I'll do the first two questions. Lance will do the second two questions. You guys know how this is run. This is for the ARE exam. They're questions Lance and I made up. Not for our non-architectural listeners. ARE means Architectural Registration Exam, the test you have to take to get licensed. Yep, Um, but you guys should play along too. So both of mine relate to structures, okay? So the first question is force equals, and then there'll be A, B, C, D. So force equals, it's just an equation. So think back to physics and all that. So force equals A, load times distance, B, pressure times volume, C, shear times moment, D, mass times acceleration. Do, 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 do. Do you want me to repeat any of those? Still thinking. Still thinking hard. Force equals. Force equals. Are we ready? Ready? Okay, we have D. D, D, correct. All Force correct. equals mass times acceleration. Wow. Give everyone a point. Looks like F9's buying for F9. Yeah. Who's going to be the king of the castle? <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Question number two. Which one of the following is not used as steel reinforcement in concrete? Okay. So there's going to be four choices. Three of them will be used in concrete as steel reinforcement. One will not. Okay. A, bars. B, welded wire fabric. C, wires or strands. D, tubes. Yes. A, bars. B, welded uh Wire fabric, C, wire or strands, D, tubes. Which one of the following is not used as steel? Okay, ready? Okay, B, D, and D. The answer is D. The answer is D. So, bars are your regular rebars, right? Uh, B, welded wire fabric. We put that in the garages a lot. Right? C, wires or strands. Those are post-tensioned. That's basically what you call post-tension. Tubes, tubes are not. You know, tubes are tubes, bro. Tubes are tubes. Tubes are tubes. Cool. Uh, all right. Lance's question's coming up. Question number three. The structural engineer has given you the option of specifying the following different types of steel beams on a project. Which one is most, effect- most cost-effective? A, standard wide flanges. B, hollow steel, hollow structural steel tubes. C, castellated steel beams, or D, tapered wide flanges. Once again, the structural engineer has given you the option of specifying the following types, different types of steel beams on a project. Which is the most cost effective? A, standard wide flanges. B, hollow structural steel tubes. C, castellated steel beams. D, tapered wide flanges. No questions, all good? Nothing for clarification. Okay. What do we got? B, 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 B. They all say B. They're all incorrect. Wide flanges are the cheapest. Yeah. (laughs) That's why they're most common. (laughs) They use use the least amount of material to do what they got to do. For a column, uh, they, uh, our engineer, our engineer has always told us a uh, uh, steel um, Co- um, circular, a circular tube. Yep. 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 Because uh, th- okay, I'll explain a little bit why a wide flange. Because you when you, the answer. Yes. 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 Okay. Because when you're Thank pushing God. down, right, you're looking for the depth of the material, right, and the area in that depth. So you have um, basically, well. What I was saying is that 
with the tubes, it's also based on the center. Man, I had a good explanation for this. <laughs> because in the tubes, you still have the top and the bottom, but you're basically doubling up. You're doubling you're, up the web. You're doubling in up a tube situation. Okay? And and the cost of steel is uh, per pound, so you're just wasting basically. Yep, exactly. Because you have to have a certain that, thickness that, anyways. I that I beam slash wide flange shape is just the most cost effective every single time. Okay. Although in my just side note, I prefer hollow structural steel tubes. As you can see from Jazz House up there even though it's more expensive. And that's why on this other house you and I have been working on, I want to try to do the hollow tube. So I was hoping to give uh, Alex Gresh a uh, little advantage, but he, he failed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I was, I was trying to get uh, market advantage because we didn't, we've been talking about post-tension, but we didn't say wires or strands. And this for this whole, next one, we're going to give you all an advantage, okay? Oh, okay, okay. Okay, question number four, final question. You are designing a home with a slab-on grade with in-floor radiant heating. What is the minimum thickness you should suggest for the slab? A, 4 inches. B, 5 inches. C, 6 inches. D, 8 inches. You are designing a home with a slab-on grade with in-floor radiant heating. What is the minimum thickness you should suggest for the slab? A, 4 inches. B, 5 inches. C, 6 inches. D, 8 inches. Can I clarify that this is not a topping layer? And yes, you can clarify that. And then, and then I would, I would, I'll give you a hint. We also have to provide reinforcing in it. Okay. And there's clearances you have to meet when you put reinforcing in concrete in, in regards to how close it is to the edge of it. Okay. Okay. You guys good with your answer? C, C, C. Correct. Yay. So actually pretty close, but we do have a tie on top with Jason and Gresh. How did we figure, did we do rock, paper, scissors or did we do it? We made up another question. I don't have another question. We can pause it and come up with another one. Okay. Let me think about it real quick. We'll be right back. All right. And we're back. We're back. We're back. All right. This is the tiebreaker. One of the tiebreaker questions. Question uh, five. What is the minimum depth to bury an electrical line below grade? A, 12 inches. B, 18 inches, C, 24 inches, D, 36 inches. What is the minimum depth to bury an electrical line below grade? A, 12 inches, B, 18 inches, C, 24 inches, D, 36. And our answers. Al? What? We got A and D. Both incorrect. 18 oh. inches. <laughs> also incorrect. So so who said, did you said C, right, Mark? Yeah. That's fair enough, though. And you said D, and you did? A. A? Okay. Also, Mark and uh, Jason were the closest. Okay. Al has the real tiebreaker question. Yep, and then I, then I have a, another tiebreaker. And maybe on the well, tiebreakers in the future, we just give two answers. Is that still not, you know what I mean? Just, well, so just like a how true, about or true or false? But then I can give one that true? they probably don't know, but whoever's the closest, if you want to say whoever's the closest wins. For this one? For, yep, this sure, one. Sure. This, is, this one came in Longmont. If you have a transformer... What is the clearance where you can't have anything obstructing in front of it? So you have a transformer, right? You need clearance for them to access it. Whoever gets closest to the answer wins. Yep. Transformer box, you got to access it. Can't have anything in front. Repeat, repeat, it, to, repeat it to Round. me one more time. Transformer. Yeah, transformer. What about it? Okay. You need clearance in front that you don't have obstructions. In there, so you people don't can get in there. So people Do can get in stuff. there. Yep. Yep. How big? What, how? What's the minimum? Yep. What's the minimum? Interesting. And then if we we can go to backs and sides too. If if, if you both guess the same number in there. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Hold it up. Three feet. Four feet. Ten feet. Jason wins. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it, what? Is it? Six feet. Ah, All right. Yeah. Yep. The sides and rear are three feet. Front is ten feet. There, there go. we go. Learn All some right. stuff. All right, gentlemen. Uh, our guys are the best. We are live right now again. Yeah. So, uh, do you have anything? Do you have any sponsors, Al? I don't have any sponsors, but but I have something that I want people to take into consideration. Okay. All right. So, if you are in AutoCAD, I think it's 2018. Correct me if I'm wrong. February. That is correct. Your birthday is in three days. I think you should start the transition and transition into Revit. You can still do. How do AutoCAD. you do that? How do you do that? 
Well, you can go to Inside the Firm and we have, we have links for you. Oh, nice. And I want to tell you the cost. So right now, Lance, did you know if you wanted to buy AutoCAD on a monthly basis, it's 185 per month. Wow. Did you know that if you pay the yearly for Revit, it comes out to 183 per month? I saved you $2 each month. Wow. By getting imagine, a better, more imagine sophisticated what, Imagine program. what you could buy if you went to Trader Joe's with that $2. Oh, a two-buck check. <laughs> we, uh, we can see how everything's coming together. Every time. Uh, the other thing, but if you do it month by month and you don't pay the whole, it does jump up to 275 But there's so many buts. You don't even know. Mm-hmm. There's Revit Lite for $65. Transition into Revit. It doesn't cost as much as you can think. Those are... Uh, the first one, well, the second one is probably the high rate for a principal. Third one is is just a uh, just one hour a month. So please do that. If you need help learning Revit, you can go to our website, RevitFurniture.com. But the first step is to go to Inside the Firm, click on the links, and get Revit. That's all I have. What do you have, Lance? That's all you got. Uh, I have a, a huge shout out to everybody that's listening so far this this season uh, we really appreciate the our, our our listens are going up every month so we hope that we can help you out um and, and that we do so if we have 16 five-star ratings right now on itunes and if you if you, if this podcast is helping you out if you've just found it please or if you've been a long-time listener please head over to itunes if you if you plan on leaving us a one-star review just put five stars right on top of that how about this the 20th person and the 25th person will send them a free book there you go a free book of uh, in, uh, the Creativity Code by Alex. Yep, with help from Lance. Yes, um, and then uh, follow us on follow us on the Facebook. We have a private Facebook group that we would love to to help to grow, so we we can have some private discussions with you guys about you know more inside the firm stuff off off the off the record. And know what? Those that don't land on those marks from now on, if you email me and if if we see it, I'll give you a digital copy. The ones in between. Absolutely. Leave us a review. We'll give you a, a free ebook. Yep. There you go. Just made that up on the spot. There we go. Follow us on the Facebook. Follow us on the Twitter. Send us emails. Send us your questions. We want to hear from you. We love you guys. Have a great week.